Good evening, and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and with me tonight, recording in the Man Cave, are my trusty co-hosts, Willie Crocker. Hey, guys. Welcome back. And Tim Hicks. yippee the fornicators of motherhood. <laughs> and we welcome our frequent guest, uh, our intrepid traveler himself, Jay Crocker. Hey, everybody. Thanks for welcoming me back. And uh, we've got Jay on because he's going to talk to us about a nice, long, relaxing Walt Disney World trip that he just got back from um, just a few days ago. So we're looking forward to hearing about you know what the holidays are looking like these days at Walt Disney World. But before we jump into that, we do need to thank our uh, ever-helpful travel sponsors. As always, the Diz Dads Podcast Plus is sponsored by Wicked Mouse Travel and Mouse Master Travel. Both are authorized Disney vacation planners, and they would love to help you with your next Disney destination vacation. Uh, you're going to hear us talk about a lot of things today uh, about what's going on in and around Walt Disney World. Even though it's a different experience than it has been in the past, I think what you're going to hear is that it's still a great experience. And if that sounds like something you'd like some help making sure that you get to uh, enjoy yourselves, get in touch with the folks at Wicked Mouse Travel, get in touch with the folks at Mouse Master Travel, and they'll help make that happen. One quick additional editorial note. Uh, when we sat down to record this, we had so much fun and so much to talk about that the recording lasted for a good two hours. So um, in order to make this a little bit more manageable, we're going to divide this up into two episodes. So welcome to part one of Jay's Trip Report. All right. So Jay, uh, great to have you back. You just got back from nine days, well, 10 days, nine nights, right, uh, at Walt Disney World. So um, talk about sort of the background on this one. Um, is this a, a trip that you take, you know, a, a regular one? You know, you do this over Thanksgiving every year? How, how's this come about? So um, this actually came about as a as a trip when we joined the Disney Vacation Club, um, I don't know, six years ago now. Uh, we decided that on the even years that we would go to Disney on the Thanksgiving break. And it was part of why we made our initial points uh, purchase. We, um, we like to get the two bedroom uh, Bay Lake tower, you know, theme park or Lakeview, um, bring Willie and his wife and the kids down, our son and his husband down, like all, you know, the whole family down and, um, and have a nice relaxing Thanksgiving. We all take off work the two days beforehand, et cetera. Um, and with COVID, um, all of the extended family, um, they were just like, mm, travel's too rough for them. They all need to fly to get there for, for a trip like that. Whereas we could drive. So, um, we decided to go ahead anyway and stay in a one bedroom, 
instead okay. of the two okay. So you saved a few points uh, that you would normally have spent, but but your sort of pattern, I guess, is to you know either either bank or borrow so that you have this big pool of points every other year to take this longer DVC trip. Um, you mentioned that you were in a, a one bedroom. Uh, which DVC resort were you at? So we stayed at the uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge Kadani Village this time. It was fantastic. Hey, have you favorite? <laughs> have you stayed there before? So we've stayed there once. I think we I think we stayed there in 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2017 um, in a studio uh, or the deluxe studio. And I tell you, um, we had a fantastic experience when when we were in there. But to tr- to trade up to the one bedroom is quite quite the splurge. <laughs> uh, that is perhaps the largest step I have ever seen. Um, in my experiences at Disney and moving from, from one room type to the next. Now, granted, I've never been to a three bedroom, you know, uh, deluxe, uh, <laughs> deluxe right, right. grand villa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, with the, with the exception of a few On of the, the grand villas, it, it's just a doorway into another bedroom. Right. But the, I think you're right. I mean, you've hit really a, an important point, which is that the big sort of leap. And I think it's true even from just about any deluxe resort room, you know, the, the big leap in a lot of ways is from that room, right? Which is a deluxe studio is still pretty much just a, a hotel room to that, that one bedroom. Because when you get into the one bedroom, you have some important conveniences that just aren't available to you in, uh, either a, uh, you know, studio in a DVC resort or a a regular deluxe uh, room. So talk a little bit about those kind of bonus elements. Absolutely. So, um, the first thing that, that we were considering when we decided, um, you know, we moved down, like I said, from the two bedroom to the one bedroom, but didn't want to drop back to the deluxe studio was since it was an extended trip, or at least for us, nine days is a, is a long trip for, for us or 10 days, nine nights, um, was laundry. The very, the very first thing we wanted to be able to do was have access to that, to that in-room laundry so that you don't have to pack as much so that when you come home, you, you know, you can, you can uh, get stuff in the wash, get ready. Uh, you, you know, and that was our first consideration. The, the second one, um, was the full size fridge with, with that long of a trip as well. You know, you've got those great little kind of mini fridges or dorm size fridges when you're in the deluxe studios and they're fantastic for a shorter stay. Or if you're going to be doing a lot of sit down meals outside of, you know, outside of the parks or even in the parks. Um, but it was that full size fridge that sold us. And then finally, um, as a teacher, I'm an early riser. It doesn't matter if I'm on vacation or not. I get up early. And you just can't, like, you can't, re, you can't reset those rhythms that I easily. Cannot. And, um, and my husband is, is one who likes to sleep in. And so it was actually really nice to have that separate, um, that separate living room where in the morning I could go in, have my coffee, go out on the balcony, not worry about, um, you know, waking him up or anything. And also I'll be really honest. It allowed me to, um, be as obnoxious as I wanted when I scored my rise of the resistance, uh, reservations. <laughs> <laughs> Got them? You actually got them three times while I was there. So it's nice. wow! I'm so he proud of you. He hit a triple. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and, and that's and a home finally, run. You get three of them, then that's a home run. I'm just yeah. saying. And then finally, um, the last consideration, and this is one of the one of the reasons that we purchased at Bay Lake Tower, and it's a reason that we we got a room at Animal Kingdom Lodge Kadani was that second bathroom in the uh, in the one bedroom. 
I, I tell you, um, when you're coming home from a long day at the parks, et cetera, et cetera, I don't care if you're a family of two, a family of six, whatever, just having a second bathroom sometimes is a really nice um, extra bonus feature. And people uh, people need to think about those kinds of things when they're going on their vacations. Yeah, I mean, on those longer trips, I think the, the especially when you're trying to weigh if it's just two people you know, and it's a longer trip. I think the second bathroom makes a, a big difference because it's that ability to just kind of unfold and leave your stuff out and know that your stuff is going to be where you remember putting it. And, you know, it, it does. It makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And the, the preparation time in the morning is cut in half right? Uh, because you're not waiting on turns in the shower. So... Um, okay. You mentioned going out to the balcony. So, um, what was your balcony overlooking? Did you have a nice view or were you looking at a parking lot? So it's, it's interesting. We, um, we booked a standard view room, uh, and we were actually in the Zazu section, uh, which is supposed to overlook the parking lot. Um, and it, and it did in a way, but our room was just to the right of the entry drive to the parking lot. Um, or I guess it would be as you're driving in to the left, but for us, we were to the right of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you didn't really see much asphalt or, or any cars from where we were parked because the park is obviously under Kidani and we had beautiful, beautiful, um, uh, lush trees and everything else. And you could, of course, if a bus passed in the distance, you know, a hundred yards or so away, you could see that. But, um, for a standard view room, I I sent Willie a few pictures of sunrises and sunsets and, and, you know, uh, and all of that. And, I will say that it was it was it was nice. It was not animals. If you have a family with little kids, or even if you're an adult and you like the animal view, um, you know uh, there were no animals in our view. But other um, than the, but the, the view was the... really yeah. good. Yeah, but it was a stunning, <laughs> stunning view. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite little you know tricks, right? Is uh, you can't ever guarantee it, but a lot of times when you can't, you know, for whatever reason, can't justify the extra expense of a, a premium view. If you take sort of the rooms that are just around the corner, <laughs> um, yeah. you can get lucky, right? And and you just get the a good angle because they can't sell them as a premium view because they can't guarantee it, and you still get that great view. Um, you know, I, I the one I noticed that about all the time is um, there are a bunch of of uh, garden view rooms at the Polynesian that they have to sell as garden view because if the foliage hasn't been trimmed recently, you can't see anything. But if they've recently done tree trimming, you've got a view, you know, you've got a theme park view. Yes. (laughs) Um, And the same, that's actually been a big thing uh, recently at Wilderness Lodge, right? Because they took down all those trees to build the new cabins and they've replanted them, but they're smaller and they're starting to grow. But for a little while now, there are some rooms that are, you know, theme park view rooms that they don't sell as theme park view because they can't guarantee it. It was like Bay Lake Tower. Like we had a two bedroom Bay Lake Tower Standard. standard view room that looked directly into the Magic Kingdom. Right. But the only you also look to the right, you saw oh, the lake. You, okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. right on that edge between Lakeview and Theme Park View. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just it's about every resort room. has rooms somewhere that are right on those lines, right? It's that line between whatever the, you know, standard and garden view and then between the garden and, and theme park view or premium view. Um, 
So, you know, you can kind of hunt for those. Um, the, the, if you've got a, a subscription at the touring plan site, they do a pretty good job of giving you some room view photos and things like that, that, uh, you know, I've used those before to help people identify, uh, Rooms to request. And that's the biggest thing is the best you can do is request it. You can ask, you can say that you're willing to wait if there's something that's, you know, likely to come available. But if it's not a bookable category, they just can't guarantee it. Two years ago, we got that room, the two bedroom, um, standard view room at Bay Lake tower. We waited what an extra 30 minutes. Yeah. And we, uh, we, that was when we looked to the left and we saw the contemporary bridge, the bridge over the contemporary, but to the right was the Magic Kingdom, and it was right. fantastic. And it wasn't a dumpster view either. No, which is what you you can usually get. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that's the most frustrating one, right? Because you sell people on Animal Kingdom and the beautiful view, and then they insist that they don't want to pay for the upgrade, and so they take standard view. And there's a big chunk of standard view rooms at Animal Kingdom Lodge that look out over the the asphalt roof. Yes, and just an awful view. Yes, <laughs> or the smoking section, which I got. Oh, yeah, <laughs> literally, it was literally people just puffing away. I was just like, really? This is what I got. <laughs> But I wanted a like, king bedroom. So. Oh, uh, only I was in those. one room at uh, at uh, Kanani Village that had kind of the uh, half a view of not the, uh, uh, the not the sunset, but the other um, so, uh, savannah. It's half that and half the parking lot. But you know, it's like okay, I can still see some animals. Right, I'll take it. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's interesting, and it must be because I don't I don't I've stayed at Kadani a couple of times, and I've never um, stayed, shall we say, on the far part of the hook or whatever you want to say that is so far away from the lobby that people complain about. Right. Um, I've I've been in Zazu twice, I know, and I think we had another stay early in our um, in in our ownership somewhere else fairly close. And so when I hear people talk about it's a long walk to the lobby, um, I've never experienced that. And maybe it's because I don't have a Savannah view. I was going to say, try stay on the Arusha Savannah and you can get some Uh beautiful Savannah views, but you know, just like being, you know, you get that feeling of being out on the Savannah. Um, you also feel like you have to have a guide and a, a backpack to get from your room to the lobby. Um, you know, because it's like you're out hiking on the savannah. Yes, seriously, I, I think they um, like putting me in that that very last room on the far end of the hook. I've, I've been in it at least twice, if not three times. Well, it's especially like. fun to torture you, Tim, because your wife has her power chair. I know, and you have to walk it, and they get to just laugh. Excuse me, that's that's the magic carpet on wheels. Magic <laughs> carpet, that's right. I like, I like that. Yeah, and I get to hoof it. Gee, yeah. thanks. <laughs> You haven't it's learned to ride way. on the back yet. Well, I, I'm, I'm hold on tight. They won't let me bring my little wagon that I can hitch to the back of the yeah. chair and just sit there. Wee! Yeah, giddy up, giddy up. <laughs> bring a whip. Don't let me just... put that on the plane. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, well, so. Um, we've got the room stuff figured out. Um, now. You've got a long trip here and and you said you spent all those nine days, um, in parks all around. Um, so 
how did you kind of decide? I mean, I know that that these days it's a little trickier. Um, it's not just a matter of making fast pass reservations. You actually couldn't make any of those, but you had to make park reservations. Um, so how did you figure out, how did you decide which parks you wanted to visit which days? Well, um, there were there were a couple of of important decisions that that we needed to make or that we felt that we wanted to make um, as a family. the The first was um, the day that we arrived. We always like to say hello and goodbye to Mickey. So it's it's usually important to us to go to the Magic Kingdom on the first and last days if it's possible. Okay. Um, usually, the goodbye is more important to us than the hello because we don't know that we're ever gonna. You know, you don't know where life brings you and you don't know right. when you're going to see Mickey again. So um, the first day we knew we'd be getting there because we were driving for, for a half, you know, half a day. We got there at 1.30 and the park closed at nine o'clock. Um, and we actually left early because when we had made the reservations so long ago, um, uh, the park was closing at seven. So we right. had a 745 uh, dinner reservation at the Wave. Um, and I, you know, I had kind of set up the day that way and, right, and right. I, love, I love the wave so much that I did not want to change that reservation. So, and we knew we were coming back to the magic kingdom. So we just kind of spent six hours or so in the park, um, after having driven for two days, uh, had a, had a nice dinner and then went home. Um, but more importantly, uh, this was, this was a really special trip for us because we had a chance to do two Epcot festivals in one trip. Oh, cool. The Sunday that after we got there, um, it was the last day of Food and Wine Festival. And then the Friday after Thanksgiving was the first day of the of the holiday, the festival of the holidays. At right, Epcot. right. Okay. And so I wanted to make sure that we could hit two different festivals within the same trip to see how Epcot would transform from one to the next. And Very so cool. um, that was that was the kind of the important um, choices for us for right. that. And then we filled in a day at animal kingdom and then a few days at Hollywood studios as well around, around those days. Okay. Um, and, and did you have any trouble? I mean, you knew this trip was coming cause it's an annual trip for you. So I presumably you made these, these park reservations, you know, as far out as you could. Did, did you run into any issues with availability for park reservations? Absolutely not. Actually, um, it's, it's interesting. Um, when I realized that that they had extended the Food and Wine Festival and then that the holiday, the Festival of the Holidays was was going to be opening, I actually moved around days not a month out, and I had plenty of park availability as long you know, as a um, as somebody staying on property and as an annual pass holder. Um, I never saw any any problem, and in fact, I dropped a. Um, I dropped a Saturday uh, Hollywood Studios uh, to pick up an Epcot, which um, a lot of people thought was was crazy. <laughs> but, um, but you know, we had we had already been. We were you know we were able to do things, and so um, I wanted to be able to do that for that specific reason when I saw that the Festival of the Holidays was opening. But didn't have a single problem getting um, any of the uh, in any of the park reservations, and because I was on my game. When uh, when dining reservations came out, even got a Liberty Tree Tavern for Thanksgiving in oh, the Magic wow. Kingdom. You know, wow. so you know, nice, so. impressive. Those are tough. Uh, and yeah. and so y- you were making dining reservations. Um, was it under the the new sixty day advance? 
Yes, it was under the 60-day advance. Um, and so I, I kind of grabbed the days that were very important to me first, obviously, that that uh, Thanksgiving day sure. and the day after Thanksgiving when I knew the parks would be absolutely crowded. Um, and, and so um, I did I did that uh, and then um, kind of filled in other reservations as as, you know, okay. as I kind of wanted them or needed them. Well, let's let's kind of roll through um, our summary of your experiences in, in the various parks. And maybe we'll just start with with Animal Kingdom because you only spent the one day there. Um and uh, just curious, uh, to me, the hardest part of figuring out what Animal Kingdom is, is going to be like as an experience right now, the hardest part is that you know, you've got the, the shows that are, to me, so much a core of what's going on at that park. Um, it's, it's hard to kind of visualize how to put together the day when they're not available. So, you know, talk, talk a little bit about what your Animal Kingdom experiences were like. That was that was a big worry of of mine as well. Uh, Festival of the Lion King is is a staple for our family. Um, we we go to it every time we go to Animal Kingdom. Um, and honestly, the Finding Nemo show is is an important one too. But um, we enjoy the Festival of the Lion King just a little more. Um, so knowing that that wasn't there, it changed you know kind of how we were going to see and, and do things. Um, what I don't know if a lot of listeners know or if a lot of people know that even though the parks have posted opening times, the parks are actually opening about an hour early every day because of social distancing. They can't hold people at the gates. Uh, and so, you know, I had I had heard this and we tested that the very first morning that we went to um, to Epcot because we like I said, we had shown up uh, halfway through the day at the Magic Kingdom. And sure enough, um, they let us into the parking lot right about 10 o'clock instead of 11 o'clock. And we um, we were off soaring by 1035, 1040. I mean, it was 1040 when you called me or texted me, you were like, hey. I'm already off the first ride and the park's not open. Yeah. So in other words, um, in time to run around and ride it again, right? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the idea of back to animal kingdom, um, it opens very early. And so we, we made that a, a very early morning um, trying to see if we could, you know, get onto flight of passage. Uh, and we, we absolutely did. So park opens at eight. We were there at, I want to say, 705 obviously because we were staying at kadani village I right mean, <laughs> so close you could almost walk yes it was a, it was a no-brainer um we parked and i want to say like the the fourth row past where the cast members park you know i mean it was hardly a walk from the parking lot at all um and we were off flight of passage before the park opened um and you know so it, by parking walking going through ticket getting to pandora you, you know and and queuing up the queue the queue line um was it said 10 minutes and it was 10 minutes because it takes you that long to walk through the entire queue right because it's a long queue uh, absolutely so so we did that um and it, normally um i would go <laughs> i would go straight to dinosaur after that and then work and then work my way kind of around Okay, and and instead, uh, we decided to do the Kilimanjaro safaris because we, um, y- you know, we were just kind of going to work our way through the park with with right. fewer shows to see to, to take up that time, and uh, we walked right onto the safari ride uh, because park had barely opened and everybody was then in line for flight of passage, and um, we had the best safari that I've ever had there. 
Um, awesome. The, the animals were being fed. Uh, the lions were out playing. The the female lions were playing like like kitty cats, and the wow. <laughs> and the the male was laying there, you know, being obnoxiously, uh, you know, bothered by them. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, you know, whenever you go by, like the warthogs are always in their holes, and you never see them. And the dogs are always, you know, in their in their dens. And all of the animals were out and about. And it was just fantastic. Um, so are you listening people? This is why I keep telling you it's worth it to get to animal kingdom for rope drop. And it's worth it to go ride the safari. First thing. First thing. Wake up early people. Yes. If there, if there's any advice I could give, it would be just that because we were there as they were finishing feeding. So I would bet the next 15 to 20 minutes after, after we were gone, the animals had eaten and were going to lay down with their bellies full. So Hey, Jay, I'm curious. Have you watched the um, National Geographic series, uh, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom? I haven't seen that one yet, no. Oh, my gosh, it is so cute. And I would be like, oh, the name of that giraffe is this, and the name of that lion is this, and the name of that elephant is this. <laughs> then I need to do that because that's that's who I want to be. <laughs> you, you totally – it is such a cute show. There's only eight shows right now out, so I'll, I'll to, be, to give I, that a look. Yeah, I'll be glad to watch it. It's, it. Christmas break's coming up. I need to queue up my show. There so, it is. There Perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so was there anything, you know, overall then? I mean, obviously, the the lines were not a big issue. It was, a, you know, kind of at the front end of, of the Thanksgiving crowds. Um, so crowds weren't really an issue. Lines were were not a problem. Um, did you have any any other experiences that stood out either as, you know, big on the positive side or, or maybe something that people you want to make sure they know to avoid that kind of thing. Yeah, there, there are actually two more things I, I would think I would talk about with, with animal kingdom. Um, the first is Disney is doing an excellent job with social distancing in the queues. So when you walk up to any experience right now, any attraction, whether it's a show like um, it's, it's a bug's life, which is one of our favorite things, um, you know, it says 25 or 30 minute wait. It's not a 25 or 30 minute wait. It's probably about 10 still. Um, and you are you are so far back in the queue because everybody is six foot apart that there were a lot of people. I could see them having arguments as families like, oh, it says the wait's long. and Look how long this line is like, d- don't don't worry about that. Right. Like right now, the lines move continuously because while, yes, there is the disability access services and rider swap for for parents going through the fast pass lines, your line is constantly moving. Like you don't have a chance to stand still like you normally do when you're waiting in a standby line. So I would I would I would ask people to to think about that or be cognizant that get in a line, make a decision and go because you're wasting more time just standing there arguing than if you were actually doing something. Um, and the other magical thing that happened, and I, and I texted Willie about this a whole lot that day at Animal Kingdom, is we've always kind of seen it as like a half day park. The you know I, I refer to it as the zoo because there's so many strollers there. With no, it's not yeah. a zoo. I know, but I but I refer to it as that because at our zoo here at home, there's so many strollers at the zoo. You feel like you're getting run over. It's not because of the animals. It's because of because of the um, because of the people, the human animals, the, the traffic. Yeah. The traffic, right? We took the train out to Rafiki's Planet Watch for the first time ever, and in, in in fact, my husband didn't even know it existed. He was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "We're taking a train out there," um, and it was 
a great experience. They are still out there, obviously working with the animals. Um, you know, we got we got to chat with the with the cast members that were doing all kinds of great things, and then we had a really great experience with um, with the animation station. I don't know the drawing the drawing uh, that you get to do inside there where you get to spend half an hour drawing a Disney character with a Disney cast member and animator. And we got to draw Turk from um, Tarzan. Uh, the character was played by Rosie O'Donnell. And um, we had, it, it was it was a blast. Like, we have never done that. In fact, I bought a cardboard tube to bring our drawings home. I didn't want them to get wrinkled or folded or anything. And I kept telling Willie, like, you've got to bring the boys here. You've got to do this. Um, and it's, I won't say it's deserted, but most people don't want to wait on that train because, again, it looks like there's a long line and you have to wait for two or three trains, but they come every five minutes. Um, and, you know, so normally you have to get a fast pass to do this experience. You have to wait around, you know, hope that you can get in. And it was half full when we were there, you know. And if there's one thing I can say, like, do with your family, it was that because they teach everybody how to draw, like, like you walk away and you say, I can't believe I drew this, you know, and, and really, and I'm not an artist. Willie and I, we did not get that gene. Um, we are not <laughs> artists at all. Like we are scribble, scribble and yeah. draw, draw. Like yeah. it's, it's Dude, the my, worst thing in the world. My stick figures are unrecognizable. I'm just saying. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty much like, how I am. But the way they walk you through this, um, there were there were small children, and by small I mean four and five. You know, when they're still working on those motor skills, walking away with pictures that looked very much like what they were supposed to look like. It was really exciting That's to amazing. see kids and for our family to do that. That's great. And you don't have to deal with the goats that used to bother you anymore, do well, you? Well, the goats are still there. We just chose. Oh. Them. <laughs> they just walked around them. Right, right. We avoid, avoid the goats as much as and you they've, can. They've done a really nice job of of creating one way traffic in, into and out of the building. Um, masks are worn at all times. You know, it was, it was very, very safe and very fun. The, the chairs are socially distanced during the drawing. <laughs> you know, so they ask you how many are in your party, and you have that number of chairs for your party. It's very nicely done. Excellent. That's great. And that's one of those little things that it, it's a fairly recent ad out there. Um, and I, I don't know that a lot of people even realize it exists. So I'm, I'm glad you've reminded people about it because it's one of those things where on the one hand, I, I don't want to say that it's just a time filler, but it's like, you know, you, you can't go to see those two big time eater shows. And this is one of those things that when those shows reopen as cool as it is, you, you might not take the time to do. You might as well do it now when you've got that opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would I would say that in, in this time right now, that is the best way to look at it. If you're not going to get to see those shows that are so important to me, find another really great activity to do as a family and um and you, you won't be disappointed it was it was it was magical for us i will say that it was disney magic for us what would you rather do i mean learn how to draw disney animation stuff or go dig for bones in the boneyard right. <laughs> hello hello take the educational opportunity it's awesome yeah. yes it was it was wonderful so uh did you do any any dining in the park at all we did so um we we are very much um we always like to get our um, our coffee in the morning in the parks. So after we've done our first few morning things, we always sit down for about ten minutes and have a coffee and and and, and a, like a pastry or a sandwich or something. But um, what we always do when we are at Animal Kingdom is we love Nomad Lounge. 
we've we've eaten at Tiffins. We enjoy Tiffins, but um, Nomad Lounge is the way to go. Um, and we there were two seats available immediately at the bar. We did not have a reservation. The outside was fairly full. Um, that that deck that's outside the Nomad Lounge. But we went in there. We had a couple of cocktails. We ordered uh, three appetizers that were absolutely incredible. I think we had the sliders. Um, the the short ribs and I don't remember what the third one was, but you know, and we so we had, you know, I wouldn't say a full meal, but enough to to tide us over till a late dinner that night, um, and uh, and and had a, a really nice time chatting with the cast members um, and seeing you know um, other families enjoying themselves there. So Nomad Lounge is is what we did this time. Yeah, that's great. I'm a big fan of Nomad Lounge. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's a hidden gem. A lot of people know about Tiffins, but they don't know about the lounge, or they like Yak and Yeti so much, which is which is great. That's not that's not our um, <laughs> our favorite restaurant there, but I know a lot of people love it. Um, you, you know, so I, I love going over the Nomad. Yeah, and it, and it's you know, it, it's a great fallback because ideally we would have the opportunity to instead enjoy the Sunrise cocktail menu, but you know, yep. <laughs> it's 2020 they saw it well yeah. even before that they killed yeah. it off yeah uh that and i i will not forgive them <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of us still won't yeah. <laughs> so sorry dawa bar you just you know we we need the sunrise cocktail menu back bring it back yes, we do. bring it back bring it back and bring some decent food in with it too but yeah Okay. If they bring back the sunrise cocktail and you, the decent food isn't necessary. Right. Cause it's, yeah. You just, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> last time I was there, I had the whole sunrise cocktail menu. I felt plenty full. Yeah. All right. mm, okay. I always said <laughs> beer was food. Yeah. Well, I mean the whole sunrise cocktail menu had like, you know, four different bloody Marys and, and, you know, two or three different margaritas and, uh, couple of different beer cocktails. It was a great menu. Well, the Bloody Marys are probably adorned with what? All kinds of food. Well, yeah, exactly. Some of, you know, there, there was, yeah, there was one that always, the, the, the bacon, one that had bacon in it. There was another mm-hmm. one that had, had, uh, let's see. Cheese. Like, yeah, yeah, Italian that's right. Meats. There was the, yeah, because the Italian one had cheese. Um, so, you know, it was good stuff. All right. Enough lamenting Dawa bar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it on. still has its fans. Um, so that that's you know Animal Kingdom in a nutshell. Um, you spent a lot more time at some other parks. So um, let's let's kind of move our way to the other side of property and you know talk about your bookends at Magic Kingdom. Um, and and clearly a, a special day at Magic Kingdom too on on Thanksgiving Day itself. Yeah, so um, the Magic Kingdom obviously was when when we were there the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and then as we went, um, I think it was the I'm in the see, anyway the Saturday before Thanksgiving. I remember we were there for certain. There was a, a large difference in crowds, uh, so as as one can expect for a holiday in um, in a Disney park. But I but I have to say that. Crowds during COVID are not crowds that you are used to. And so while people may still be saying like, oh my gosh, it's crowded. I can tell you right now that um, if you have ever navigated the famous bottlenecks of the Magic Kingdom, um, and you know, I don't really need to list them if you know, <laughs> if, 
as we, as we were all like, oh, yes. Um, those don't really exist right now. Um, and and so uh, the Magic Kingdom was, was truly magical. Um, the longest that we waited for any attraction the entire time we were there was um, on Thanksgiving Day. We decided to ride Seven Dwarf Mine Train. Um, the posted wait time was 55 minutes and we waited 49 minutes, um, which, as I said earlier, was a constantly moving line. Uh, you know, you, you wrap all the way around the mountain. You are, you start your queue back by, um, by Ariel's grotto and the, uh, the little mermaid, uh, attraction, but, um, it moves quickly all the way around the mountain and into the building, um, and so the, the Magic Kingdom was was festive. It was exciting. The Christmas tree is up. Um, you know, when you walk in, all of uh, Main Street is is decorated and ready. The um, the castle is is beautiful with its new paint job. And and I will say that <laughs> I forgot to say this when we got there on uh, the Saturday, as as we were walking into the Magic Kingdom about one thirty in the afternoon. Um, uh, Santa was coming down Main Street with his reindeer in in front of us. You know, like he was saying hello to us, and we were so excited to be there. Uh, nice. so it was exciting. Um, and and so the Magic Kingdom was was just as magical. Um, yes, there are things missing. The parades are short. They are little bursts. One float here, one float there. Um, there are restaurants that are still closed, but I tell you, go buy them. Um, when we had our our breakfast sandwich. Uh, one morning there as we are we are standing outside of um what should be casey's um rabbit and piglet showed up on the porch of the crystal palace oh nice so so and they were they were waving and interacting with everybody uh, you, you know and it was it was wonderful to see um you, you know and characters uh, are still wandering around here and there as as you as you experience things in the park so um it was it was as magical as as they could make it and um the magic kingdom while more crowded on thanksgiving day for sure was was not as near as um as near as rough as as um any <laughs> as any uh, as anybody might think it would be when um, when you're thinking about the actual you know crowds of Thanksgiving, so yeah, that's great. And and we've tried to tell people this before, and and I think that the evidence is even greater that it's happening now than when we used to talk about it earlier. And that is that you have to remember that when Disney posts a wait time, it, they're they're not necessarily worried so much about how you know, whether it accurately measures the amount of time it's going to take you to get onto the attraction. That line, that, that sign has a different purpose. And, and it's really about helping them manipulate guest satisfaction, right? Because a lot of times what they're doing with that sign is inflating the expected wait time so that you don't get in the line because it helps them keep the wait down for everybody. So, you know, but but see, it's a two-edged sword because if you do get in the line and it doesn't take as much time as you thought it was going to, hey, it's a win. Exactly. But the but the the longer time causes more people to balk and not get in the line in the first place, so it keeps it moving. Um, and I will say that that I, I do think that there are a few attractions that they intentionally um, underpost the wait time. We don't see those as much anymore, but they were doing that for a while to entice people to get in the line. Um, they, I don't think, like I said, it, 
actually, it may be coming back because now that we're not using FastPass Plus, they, they may be using this ploy again because they used to use it at rides like Imagination or, um, you know, Nemo and Epcot where they, they you know, wanted to, to drag people into the attraction. And so even if the wait was really 20 to 25 minutes, right, they'd post it at 15 or 10 to encourage people to get into that line. Um Figuring that, you know, as long as it was still under half an hour, nobody was going to complain that much. I think they do that with Buzz now. Oh, yeah? Really? Because um, I just had a client there, and she said Buzz was posted at, like, 20, and she waited 40. And then the next time it was posted at 45, and she waited 9. So it's like they're... But I could see that because they're trying to move you from Space Mountain. They're trying to get you out of Tomorrowland and move you around. Right. Which- and Well, and they have to use it now because they can't use FastPass availability, right? I mean, that's that's the thing is that one of the things about FastPass Plus, we've talked about this before, is that they can use FastPass Plus availability to manipulate moving people around the parks. Well, when they're not distributing any of them, they, they have to right. go back. They can't open up the coffer to... Right. Like, here we go. Let them in. Yep. You know. Yeah. Right. And, and if the queues continue working the way they are working, we've we've talked about this amongst ourselves before. Will it come back or not? I don't know. We'll see. It's it's interesting too that you say that about Tomorrowland because um, I think that if if you are not um, a usual Disney goer, you know, and uh, you know, if you are taking a family vacation for the first time or one of a few times. Um, Tomorrowland right now is a very different uh, place, uh, you know, with the Monsters Laugh Floor closed, um, Stitch's Great Escape or the Stitch Meet and Greet closed. The People Mover is right now um, being refurbished, so it's shut down. Um, you, you know, you you have the um, the cars, you have Space Mountain, you have Buzz, and you have the Astro Orbiter. And so what I think was happening was people would find themselves in Tomorrowland and they would they wouldn't want to have to walk all the way back across the park or whatever it is. So they would go ahead and stand in those lines. Whereas I was like, I know Buzz Lightyear is not going to, I'm not waiting 40 minutes for Buzz Lightyear. I'm going to go somewhere else and come back. Cause it'll be down to 10 minutes later tonight. Wait, 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 wait. You left out the best attraction in Tomorrowland. That's the carousel of progress. I'm just okay. saying what, okay. what what's up with that? that? I have to it's say broken. We, wrote we wrote it. No, it's not broken. Um, we wrote it or experienced it um, both both times that um, we were hanging out in Tomorrowland there. Um, we did not do it the last day that we were there, I don't think. Um, and I will say that because Tomorrowland doesn't have a lot going on, it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen going into. <laughs> going into <laughs> did you lead the sing-along, Jay? Come on, be honest. Yes. Did you lead oh, the yeah. sing-along? Oh, absolutely, I do. I, I sing from the from the opening all the way through, um, and, and I like to spew out my little interesting facts every time we go. And my husband nods at me and goes, "Yes, I know." Buddy, yes, look at I know. This. So. <laughs> that's great. Um, all right, so um, that's interesting, and I'm glad we've talked about a little bit that that traffic flow change that's going on there, and and. You know, I think there are a number of places where you're going to notice um, the lines are going to look unusual, right? It's not going to match your usual perceptions because of the extra distancing. And and I think the, the one that has struck me the most, and we've heard about it from several guests, is uh, Haunted Mansion, right? 
Um, you know, that, that cue, Willie, you had somebody who was talking about it. I think who said that, that she was backed up to the country bear jamboree. If not, when she turned around, they were down by Pecos bills or Pico's bills or whatever you want to call it. And she was horrified, but she realized it was only 30 minutes because of social distancing. Right. Cause if you're yeah. six feet between parties. Absolutely. And, and the, and the line is moving the entire time I, I got in line. Um, I, I don't know that I was as far down as, um, the country bears or Pecos bills, but fairly close. Um, you know, and you wind all the way down to the dock, um, where you can see, um, the riverboat, which is drained right now too. But, but the idea is you go all the way down there and then back up the ramps and then through, um, but it moves consistently. Um, and so it looks, yes, like the Haunted Mansion line is across the park. I mean, you you are truly into another area of the park over, you know, over in uh, Liberty Square. But um, very quickly it moves. But yes, we experienced that while we were there multiple times. Yeah. So, you know, those are ga- examples of maybe kind of the flip side, which is just go ahead and get in the line. It, it's not going to be that bad. It's going to, you're moving in six, you know, six foot chunks every time. Um, and, you know, it's an omnimover. You're still going to keep moving. That's the problem. People are used to seeing that line so far back. They think it's still 50 to 180 minutes because that's what they're like trained for Disney. Yeah, exactly. And, and now the six feet apart changes everything. Which, which I have to say, Disney is combating very well um, in all of those socially distanced lines there is one of those cast members at the end of the line consistently moving. And I'd say 80% of them, they have a wait time on that sign. And inevitably, and, and it's kind of like that old, that age old question, you know, when's the three o'clock parade? Uh, they would, they would look at the cast member and say, how long is the wait? And the cast member would just kind of point at the sign. You know? <laughs> but, but they didn't believe them because it would say something like 25 or 30 minutes and they were clear across, you know, right uh, across the, the bridge. So, mm-hmm. Right. So, um, were there any, any particular, uh, attractions that, that jumped out that had special holiday theming or that they'd changed up for holidays? I'm always curious what Magic Kingdom is experimenting with this year. So, um, first and foremost, my, um, Willie and I, we talk about our, our childhood favorite, the Jungle Cruise is the Jingle Cruise right now during the holidays and um the decorations are fantastic the um the soundtrack as you wait in line is different uh you know they're playing christmas music and the the cut-ins on the radios are, are funny and different and the jokes are um are even worse than, <laughs> than normal um in all the good right ways um and 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 i will and i will say this um in 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 a way to point out you, you know, sometimes it's interesting when you get on the Jungle Cruise or the Jingle Cruise, if you have a boat full of people that English isn't their first language, um, sometimes the jokes fall flat because nobody's laughing. Right. right now in COVID, without a whole lot of international visitors, you have boatfuls of people that get the jokes. And and I don't say that in a way to sound um, distasteful or anything. No, no. It's, just, it's just one of those things where when the boat is lively – the Jingle Cruise and the Jungle Cruise are much more fun because you've got this whole, you know, willing suspension of disbelief. You know, you're not really on a boat ride that to, to go through all these rivers. You know, you have to play along, and people are willing to play along right now because it's, I think it's the diehard Disney fans and 
um, people that just they get the jokes, you know. Right, right, and well, it's, it's a sharing of energy between the guests and the the captain and back and absolutely. forth. Right, it, it's like the comedian that gets on stage and says, you know, order another from your bartender because the more you drink, the funnier I get. Exactly, right. exactly, um, and and we clearly know that that that's the case with the Jingle Cruise too. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. And you're really um, drinking you enough. Start serving more drinks. That's yeah. <laughs> so I I will say that that was the only real holiday themed um, attraction that that we saw in the Magic Kingdom. Um, you, you know, I was I was hoping that maybe they would have the special lights on Space Mountain, or that we might. You know, at, at one point a long time ago, there was even a Christmas show in the Country Bear Jamboree um, that that doesn't. Uh, I don't think it gets changed out anymore, yeah. which. Um, it's probably good because the original show is much better anyway. But, um, but I will say that even though there weren't any holiday, you know, programs or or changes, um, the park is, is it, it was festive. It was, you know, there was the the, the right. Christmas magic was in the Disney magic air. Um, and what did you think of the new the the new holiday lights for the castle? Right, because they didn't do icicle lights this year because they just got a new paint job. So. Absolutely. So the new the new lights, I am a fan. There are people there that were either in love with it or they hated it. And you could hear <laughs> it um, throughout throughout the park. I was also there um, the first or second night that they started doing the fireworks bursts. Um, so they are experimenting with small little bits of fireworks, which was exciting. So every 15 minutes, the castle changes. You know, it might be um, a kind of a candy wonderland with with um, you know stripes for candy canes and all of that, and then 15 minutes later, it turns into an ugly Christmas sweater. Uh, you know, and <laughs> and it's done with an explosion of little fireworks, and it changes, and it's beautiful. the The digital projection is stunning. Um, and I'll be really honest, as much as I loved um, the icicle lights that have been there the past few years, I think it's exciting to see change and progress and something and something different um, at, the, at the holiday season. And, it, and it's beautiful. I mean, absolutely beautiful. And, and I will say that because of the lower crowds, you can get angles and and pictures of the of the projections from the side of the castle, from the from the front, the, the back, you know, everywhere in ways that you could not do in previous years. And and I will say that that is that is a holiday bonus that um, that a lot of people may not recognize. Yeah, it's it's awfully frustrating when you have this beautiful view that you want to be able to capture so you can look back on it in years past and the view ends up being of, you know, somebody else's kids back. Yes, because they've got them on their shoulders or something like that. Right. With their right. iPad up up above their head. Yeah, the video <laughs> that they're right. never going to watch. And and it's interesting and I think um one of one of the really nice things too is because of social distancing and because of um I I guess luckily polite culture uh, a lot of the places where there are really good shots of the castle people queue up even without cast members and take their turns to take really nice pictures we saw that on more than one occasion from more than one angle where people were taking um family photos you know selfies etc and even there were some groups where people were trading out um passing the phone to the people behind them so that they could take the next family's picture which i just thought was was lovely um granted wash your hands and sanitize i'm just gonna say (laughs) lovely however make sure you know where that hand sanitizer station is exactly exactly uh but uh but it it was it was it was a really there was a nice spirit in the air uh i guess you could say 
That's good. That's good. Um, now, we know you did some dining in Magic Kingdom because if nothing else, you, you had Thanksgiving dinner at, at uh, uh, Liberty Square or Liberty, Ta- Liberty Tree Tavern. Um, so kind of give us your, your dining review of Magic Kingdom from this trip. Sure. So, um, yeah, we had uh, at, we had Thanksgiving at Liberty Liberty Tree Tavern, and we chose to do we chose to do lunch instead of um, dinner uh, because I, I like that big meal through the day, take a break from the heat or the rain, whichever one you're going to get, whichever trip you have. Um, <laughs> it's going to be and, one or the other. So <laughs> exactly, um, and so and it was 83 uh, that day that we were there, so it was it was a nice warm day for November. Um, and we, and it's, it's interesting. Liberty Tree has taken over the Diamond Horseshoe, so they do annex seating in the Diamond Horseshoe right now. And we were seated at a table for two in the Diamond Horseshoe, and it was interesting. It was lovely because if you are a nervous diner during this time, um, because I'll be really honest, at home I don't go to restaurants right now, um, but at Disney I felt safe enough to do so. But the ceilings and the rooms are bigger. You know, you were in one giant dance hall when you were right, at, right. Um, when you were at the horse at the um, at the Diamond Horseshoe. Uh, and so we we had a table there. We had a lovely waitress. She was she was phenomenal. Um, and in fact, she was the one that alerted us to the fact that there were going to be fireworks uh, that night. You know, when the castle changed, um, and the food was just as delicious as it's been in the past. I will say that they've done a few things to cut down on. Um, to cut down, I guess, on touch points, right. which, which which we noticed. So, um, because we like to eat there almost every trip. Usually, they bring you a big bowl of salad, and there's tongs, and you dish your own salad. Um, the salad was all; they were all brought out in separate bowls for everybody. It is pre-dished already for you um, when you bring it to the table. Of course, because it's all you care to enjoy, they will, um, you know, they will bring you more if you request it. Um, the same thing uh, was not the case with the, with the main course, which is what we thought it might be. We thought they might bring us individual plates, but no, they did bring um, a, a plate with, with with each of the entree offerings and then separate bowls for the various uh, sides that come with that traditional Thanksgiving dinner. And then dessert was done the old-fashioned way as well, where it came out and we and we shared the one dessert. Um, but I did notice that they had that they had changed the way the salad course was going. And at first, I thought it was just because we were a table for two, but there were a couple of larger tables around, and I watched. And um, it just seems that they've that they've changed changed that procedure. So, um, yeah. and, and I will say that I I don't know if it's because it was Thanksgiving or I was just excited to be there on Thanksgiving. But um, at one point, I think three or four years ago, the food at Liberty Tree Tavern had gotten kind of mediocre. Um, my food was not mediocre. The food was fantastic. The turkey was not dry. The pork was incredible. The pot roast was delicious. Um, you, you know, um, every, everything was was spot on. Um, and and it may be because of smaller crowds, you're not churning out, you know, well, right. <laughs> as, as much food. Sure. Massive amounts of this or that. Yeah, absolutely. But it was it was phenomenal. So we ate there. The other time that we ate, um, we had. Um, a late lunch, early dinner. I want to say our reservation was for two forty-five at um, at uh, Be Our Guest, which is which is one of our favorite restaurants. Uh, there are a lot of people that do not like the prefix menu. It is it is something that um, you know it seems cost prohibitive to them for what you order. But um, we had a phenomenal experience. We ate in the large room there, uh, the ballroom. 
um, right by the windows where it was snowing, which is bizarre when it's, you know, 80 degrees outside and it's snowing. I know that Um, spot. Yeah. Yes. Um, And it was nice because, again, the tables are socially distanced. Um, Our waiter was was um, fantastic. My soup was delicious. Uh, My husband ordered the charcuterie and cheeses and it was phenomenal. Uh, We both had the steak and then um, the trio of desserts that they served there was great. Their alcohol selection has improved. Um, they have a they have a wider selection of of Belgian beers, of French beers, and and wines. Um, which I'll tell you when when it's been a pretty hot day, it's really nice to go in there and to get you know something better than um, than you know just I, I'm not just a light beer drinker or a diet coke. You know they had a yeah. very very nice selection of 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 drinks for adults and children as well. So right. we had. A phenomenal, phenomenal meal in there too. Well, that's good, and because frankly, there's some fantastic beers in Belgium, and <laughs> I was pretty disappointed when I saw what they were offering at first. So it's good to see they've upgraded that. Yeah, they've got they've got two new dark beers, um, a new fruit beer. You know, I mean, so it was it was it was very nice um, having having again having been to Belgium myself and and seeing what what they could be offering. Right, exactly. See that the menu had changed. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. Um, all right. So uh, before we step away from Magic Kingdom, a- a- anything else that sort of really jumped out at you as as uh, particularly good, particularly bad, something particularly different that people needed to know about? Um, I, I would say there's there's probably just two things, and that is um, if you are going soon, get your Splash Mountain on because um, you know it, it will be changing. Uh, and, um, the line for Splash Mountain always looks long, but it moves fast. Again, it was posted for 45 minutes once and 60 minutes another time. And we didn't wait more than 25 or 30 minutes both times. So, um, don't worry about that. And, um, the other thing that I will say is right now during social distancing and lack of parades, um, stop and watch the pop-up um, parades or they've, they've got another name for them. I they call them cavalcades. Cavalcades, cavalcades. right. Cavalcades. Yes. Yep. Right. Stop and watch the cavalcades because you are going to see, um, of course, uh, during Christmas, you know, we got to see um, uh, Max driving his car in front of Goofy's uh, candy house and, and, you know, all kinds of great fun things, but you will see some characters out and about following the cavalcades or up on the, um, on the uh, railroad at the at the entrance to the Magic Kingdom that you don't normally get to see in a lot of these parades, they are they are bringing out some some rare characters or some characters that we just don't get to see normally um, yeah. during this time. And I think part of that is the excitement of hey, thanks for coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Well, look, there's that, and and remember that that a lot of this too are uh, is either elements from floats or, or costumes from the, the Christmas holiday parties that they're not able to, to have. And, you know, in some ways, my guess is that they're able to get even deeper into the costume closet than normal because with the distanced greetings, you know, some of those costumes, they don't take out very often because they, they're very protective of them. You know, that's the only one left of its kind or whatever. So they don't want it to get, damaged or dirty or whatever um and the fact that these are all distanced means that those characters aren't going to get you know hugged on and slobbered on and absolutely absolutely and and i think the final thing that i'll say to that to to that point too is is that um 
I'm not normally one who spends a lot of time on Main Street. You know, you kind of use Main Street as your vehicle to get to the hub and into other parts of the park. They are doing a lot of entertaining on Main Street. The trolley comes up and down with different um, different groups. Um, the the barbershop quartet. What, what's their name? I can't remember. Yeah, um, the Dapper Dans. The Dapper Dans. They sang up and down um, Main Street, USA. You know, multiple times throughout the day, the trolley shows that, you know, it's so um, it, it is a fun experience to just stand on Main Street USA and to watch um, these cavalcades and different um, different things go past. And yes, it's a different experience than the Dapper Dan's standing under the, the train station like they used to do and and all of that. But it's but it's it's great. And they're, they're doing a great job. So spend some time on Main Street. It's nice to hear that they're still doing the, you know, we, we heard a lot about in the midst of all those layoffs and things that that so much of the live entertainment was going away. And I, I'm glad to hear that there's still some great opportunities to, you know, see some some classic Disney live entertainment. Absolutely. Um, oh, and one other, th- I'm sorry. I'm That's all right. Go ahead. As we sit here. Another thing that I would like to say, like pro tip, if you go during um, during this time period, as the night wears on and people start to exit the park, they want to do their shopping in the Emporium because they are used to going into the Emporium. There is a queue to get in the Emporium at night. And that queue goes all the way down Main Street, past Casey's, over by the baby's changing area and those bathrooms over there. So um, what, what we decided to do was do our shopping early. Um, and we always carry a backpack. And then because we bought a few other things, one day we we did rent a locker um, and just put the stuff in the locker so we could pick it up on the way out of the park. But but I will say that one of the longest queues you might find yourself waiting in if you go is um, it's going to be to get into the Emporium because well, it does I, not move this quickly. I, I'm glad you mentioned it because it's not so much that I like to shop at the end of the day, but – I've always used the Emporium as sort of my bypass, right? To mm-hmm. to get out of the park quickly. And right. right now it just doesn't work that way because, you know, even if there would have been room for you to just walk on by, they're not letting you in in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's normally how we travel up and down Main Street is through the Emporium. Um, uh, and that is, that is not an available option right now. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, okay. So um, we got two parks left that you spent a lot of time at. And as a result, our conversation went on for about another hour. So we decided that uh, made more sense to go ahead and divide the episode right here into uh, two parts. So as we close out part one, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and I was joined by my capable co-hosts, uh, Tim Hicks and Willie Crocker, and our wonderful special guest, Jay Crocker, who we will continue on with shortly with the second half of his trip report. Um, But until that time, you know, if you're waiting on the second half, you're antsy, we'd love to hear your feedback so far on part one of the trip report. Or tell us about what other kinds of things you'd like to hear from the show in the coming year. Uh, You can email us at podcast at disdads.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash disdadspodcast. But however you find us, what we'd really love is, uh, you know, some some further engagement with you all because we want to deliver the show that you want to hear. And hey, if you happen to be in a giving mood this holiday season, consider giving a review rate and review this dad's podcast 
us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast content. Um, those reviews, those ratings help make it easier for other listeners to find the show and uh, get in on the fun as well. Um, we've got a couple more episodes after Jay's uh, uh, trip report conclusion that sort of wrap up our uh, first year back. And we're really excited to be back. Um, a lot of good, fun stuff planned for the year ahead. And, uh, you know, the more you can get in touch with us, let us know what you'd like to see. Let us know if you'd like to participate in the show. Uh, we'd love to have you on board. So until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster. And Tim would like to tell you that he'll see you real soon. And Willie wants you to have a wicked wild ride.